Don't be afraid. I'm a gypsy child like you, running wild and crazy. <laughs> Welcome, fellow travelers. Just one voice to the next. This is Russell Tendall. I'm sure you're just like, what is happening? This is the Never Ending Adventure podcast. I'm here with my good old buddy, Ned Pruitt, taking a sip of whiskey. I stole your name. You don't even have to say it this time. I stole yeah, it from you. It was DJ Neddy P from what the crowd knows me as. DJ now, I don't know. P. I don't know what oh. you, uh, solid 400 listeners, like uh, avid 400 listeners would Dude, refer to me as Ned. Or, I would say yeah, 500. Yeah. Uh, if, they, if they refer to me as DJ Neddy P or, or just Ned at this point. I think <laughs> don't most know. of you, most, most of them just say uh, the co-host of Russell at this point. <laughs> yeah, I'm their Russell's, favorite. Russell's weirder sounding co-host. <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> Yeah, Russell's the crazy, weird one who says random things that don't really make any sense. And Ned's the stylish, good-looking one. What What is this shirt that you're wearing, Ned? Dude, it is a wolf shirt. It is Okay, um, okay. It, it was half ironic. Part of my Halloween costume, I was Dave from Hot Rod. Yes, um, yes. Who always wears wolf shirts. And kind of wore it for Halloween. And I was like, actually, that's a badass shirt. And I really like it. So I've been <laughs> definitely been wearing it since Halloween. Yeah, I like it. I, uh, to be honest with you, I was really hoping it was a corgi and then the moon in the background. I thought it was a corgi because I you almost, have a corgi. I almost wore like legitimately, almost put it out, but I had a call with my boss today. It's the only reason I didn't was was the corgi from Cowboy Bebop shirt you got me. I almost Ooh, put that yeah. on today. So you went with Wolf instead for your boss? I, I, I went with Wolf for my boss instead of... <laughs> anime corgi it's not that much better but it's a little better ein hey, ein from cowboy bebop is amazing how dare mm -hmm. you sir how dare you well <laughs> how dare you welcome everybody this is an adventure time podcast if you can't tell uh and we're talking the sons of mars or really mm -hmm. just sons of mars um this episode which is episode let's see season four episode 15 this is our 99th episode of adventure 99th. time ninth 99 of, and of I can of NEA of NEA I can only yeah sorry of never ending adventure episodes I can only say like I I don't want to hype up 100 too much we might have a super special awesome huge guest that voices no just kidding we we probably won't <laughs> we probably won't have anything probably not probably not voice actors but we will be doing something I guarantee you special whether something. it's champagne and guest stars and I think it's just going to be, we might call it our hundredth episode, our hundredth tangent special. And we might just, I think we might just do an hour of tangents of, because mm. I could, I could do that for So like a while all the tangents strangers. that we, we've wanted to do, but we've never done. You're saying maybe we just do it all on one episode. Yeah. Because, well, you know, we never tangent on any of our other episodes. So we might as well just dump all our tangents on episode 100. Into one episode. I kind and of That like could be that. a possibility. What know? if every time we switch Every maybe every time that we switch subjects to, you have to take a shot. You have to drink God something. Bless. You know, fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! Well, every we'll time see. you every time you reference One Piece, well, I have to take a shot. <laughs> We're in it. We're deep into it, man. You want me to tell you about One Piece? I'll tell oh, you about no, One Piece. No, no, save it All for right. next week. Save it for next week. But we were talking right. about Sons of Mars again. I think when we started off season four this year, 
um, I was like, about halfway through the season, we start getting into just good episode after good episode after good episode. And Card Wars was the fun, good one. Even that was two episodes ago. This is where we start, I think, to really get into some deep Adventure Time lore. Because obviously, this episode, we have the return of Magic Man. We've got Glob Grod, uh, Glob Grod, Grob God. We've met him. Gob. Grob. I can never say it right. It's Grob, Gob, Glob, Grod. Yes. And We've that's met him. Finally, very, Glob, he's here. I mean, it's crazy to me that this is the first appearance of it because we have seen Jake and other characters be like, oh my Glob, oh my Grod. And that's 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 the entity. That's it. That's what they've been referencing. You know? <sighs> yes. Yeah, that's him. Uh, and also we get the King of Mars, which... I have my own thoughts about King of Mars. I'll just, mm-hmm. at the top of the episode, let me just say, I, I, I'm, I'm in, right? Like I'm in on Adventure Time right now. We, I was about 10 minutes into the episode, this last rewatch. And having already seen this three or four times this episode, I was so damn invested, Ned. I, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm watching the King of Mars, who is Abraham Lincoln, like talking to death, holding a, a dog that he's about to sacrifice his own soul for, his own life for. And I'm just like, why am I so invested in this freaking mm-hmm. show right now? Mm-hmm. It it really was it was it was weird. It was a weird moment for me. And I had the I paused. I, I took myself my own personal moment of silence, as we'll talk about in a, a little bit that Jate does in this episode. Yeah. And I I reflected on how I felt about that. And I, I feel pretty good about that. I think. Good. No, I, I. That's that's where. I mean, gosh, man, that's that's. I know you've said it. Like you've been. You're you're now into it. But yeah, in different ways. F- in different ways of saying what it you before. felt in this episode. That emotional investment. The when they do deep thoughts and deep tangent. Like I mean, their own tangents in the episode. This whole like it's Abe Lincoln on Mars. But he goes like he goes to death. We already have no death from like at least two other episodes. So they can string together these stories and universes like the 37th Dead World with Mars, with Glob, with uh Magic Man. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I get it. Like this is so random, but there's so much backstory behind each random thing, you know? Yeah, totally. There there really is. And we get a lot of that in this episode. Mm-hmm. I almost want to just start out, if you're okay with us, just talking about deers. Just talking about what? Deer. Yeah, not creepy deers, not creepy not deers creepy with fingers. Deers. But what the heck do the writers of, <laughs> of Adventure Time have against deers? Like like deers in, in the land of it were treated terribly. They're either getting hugged by hug wolves or magically transformed into scientific like instruments. I mean, dude, if I, deers I don't know, man. in the Adventure Time land of ooh are similar to what they are in the state of Georgia, in my freaking neighborhood, they are an insanely invasive species. No, we're and in their we're in their territory, bro. No, I mean, we're in their territory, yeah. but if you like they were here first. Half the time we run out their natural predators and then they just run rampant, bro. Yeah. What do you got against deer? Ned, you're one of them, dude. You're one no, of the Avitch type creators. Yeah. No, I'd fuck them deers. Like, oh, no. I'm, I am fully on the, the deer from No One Can Hear Me that episode, or No One Can Hear You that episode. 
I'm I'm fully in support of that deer now, the finger deer. No, I'm, oh, I'm supporting so, him. He all is the probably way. Adventure Time's top five hated characters. Nope, he's my favorite. He's my new favorite character. He's like number five for if if Ricardio is in the top two, then he might be in at least in the top five. <laughs> well, I don't know. He's, but we do have we do have. Lovely. What we did, uh, I, I wanted to get your opinions on is because we kind of left off with Magic Man from Freak City. And I'm not, did we even get a Magic Man in between Freak City and now? Or was it like no, a very I don't vague, think so. There I mean, might have been a so, reference to him. I think maybe there was a reference. This is the first big Magic Man episode. And that's kind of crazy because in I remember talking with you when we talked about Freak City, being like there's a lot more Magic Man to come and it gets to be really insane and it like even from season i i watched an episode from season eight today about magic man to catch up on my yeah. you know future stories of magic man um and so yeah like do you feel differently about him i know we, we were totally anti-magic man first episode are you mm-hmm. a little bit more empathetic or are you I am, for sure okay yeah i mean i'll just come out and say it. i mean if I'm reflecting on Freak City, which I have a little bit, that's season one, episode 20. Mm-hmm. And what what did we learn or what did he learn? No, sorry. What did he teach us from Freak City, right? Essentially, his lesson to Finn was no matter how loving you, you treat other people or you are, some people will still be jerks. That is, for whatever reason, the lesson that he is trying to teach Finn. Mm-hmm. Now, watching this episode with that lesson in perspective... And knowing that this entire episode is his brothers, Glob, Grod, all the other Gs. We'll just call the, him Glob. The four Gs. Like collective Glob. Yeah, Glob. Okay. So the lesson that Glob is basically trying to teach him is like, like learn love, learn you like define uh, like humanity, like appreciate humanity and find that like, like you can still be a, a good person. There's a good person in there that cares about people, that cares about living things. They're just trying to bring that out of Magic Man. And I guess Magic Man has lost that and he's been sent to live on Earth for 200 years to see if mm-hmm. he can get it back, right? Yeah. I think, in a sense, this episode kind of redeems Magic Man in my eyes. He's not perfect. He is still a jerk. He does suck in a lot of ways. But you get little hints of like, oh man, Magic Man, there's someone in there. It's just like Ice King, like in a way. Ice King oh is my God. Less well, chaotic, I'm, but there's I'm a little glad bit of that you, I there. was waiting on you to tie that tangent of what I saw. And I've, I've actually got about three different theories for this episode. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the first, and I think most obvious, which again ties to, to what you just said about Ice King, is that he's magic. And there is the whole aspect of wizard madness. And Obviously, I think the fact that he's magic and the fact that he lives on Earth, he is just so, totally succumbed to wizard madness and he's just batshit insane. Like, that's just the, I think the core, that's not even necessarily a theory. I just think that's the way it is. Is that he, okay. and then on the aspect of he's got a backstory, he's obviously, there's something we don't know about Margles and Olympus Mon that he's got a picture of her on the wall and it sure as hell seems a lot like when they reference Simon in the Christmas episode, who's got a picture of him with a woman on the wall in the background. Yeah. They're drawing direct parallels, man. They're drawing 
such similar stories. And, you know, Magic Man's not a human, right? Um, yeah, I guess a Martian, technically. Trying, yeah, and, and that's what I, some of my theory comes into what the hell is Mars as a perfect utopian society? Is this pre-mushroom war society? Is this post-mushroom war? Did they get to Mars 200 years ago? Have they been at Mars for 2,000 years? And that that will be answered actually later. Uh, did the humans more. of Earth, I wonder too, like, did they celebrate and worship Glob in the past as well prior to uh, the Mushroom War? I don't know. No. I'm curious about that. No, I think... Or did I the Martians think, come into play after the Mushroom War? There, there's some debate, I'm pretty sure, about that just because for, to, for spoiler drive, it's not spoiler because you don't know anything, but for fans out there that like, King of Mars is referenced in the first coming of Orgolorg. And so that means that King of Mars has been around for a long time, but not necessarily known if that was before the Orgolorg or not. So I will say okay. that I'm not, that's not even a spoiler. I'm just saying weird names that don't make sense to you at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, talking, I guess we'll just talk a little bit about like, tapping into Magic Man's humanity while we are kind of already around the subject. I found it really interesting, and I actually didn't realize until my third rewatch at the very end when they go back to where Magic Man is in his shambles of a home. Mm -hmm. He's sitting there looking at the portrait, and he's like, oh, Margles, or whatever. So it's a reference to, at the beginning, when uh, the King of Mars says, before you spend a night uh, on Olympus Mons with Margles, which makes me... Just wonder what happened that night. What what caused and, him? Clearly, this is such an important person to Magic I, Man. I will spoiler drop for you. They give they give you the answer to that. They do. Is, okay. Oh yeah. Well, like I mean, I don't there, want there's, it. I mean, I, there's I don't a lot. Want the answer well, yet. You do want that. There's a lot of like little references and things people say in Adventure Time that never really get tied up, and they this is a story that they tie up, which I appreciate. Well, then let it, yeah, let's let's let that tie up for me when it comes. No, yeah, I'm gonna let it yeah. be totally organic for you. But it's interesting. Finn diagnoses Magic Man just by the look of his house, right? He's tapping into his brain and saying, like, oh, I think this is just like basically a, a portrait of what goes on in your brain, kind of like what mm -hmm. you're saying. Maybe he does have that wizard craziness. Um, but even Yeah, Magic Man doesn't even deny it. He says, no, yeah. It's that moment, you know? man. It's that moment when he grabs a portrait. He's like, oh, who is this? Or what is this? You know, and and that's when Magic Man tries to kind of slip away from what mm -hmm. Ben is trying to say. And he just starts singing memories dripping or drifting in and out of my mind. And the little people get left behind, right? Like he's trying to avoid or kind of forget, in a sense, whatever it is that happened in his brain. And because of that moment, he gets dead serious, deadpan serious, and he just goes, uh, what you're looking for is in the basement. Like, I, I can help you get there. Yep. I've got some, that that is part of my um, second half of the episode, deep thoughts that we're getting into. So hold okay. on to that thought because that is, I mean, I, I highlighted that line yeah. as an important line in the episode as, into, as, as getting into Magic Man's psyche as we can just with this episode alone. Um, so hold tight to that. I'm glad that that was something that you pinned on the wall for this episode as important. Yeah. You didn't let that line just like brush over your head. Yeah. I think it just means he used to have loved ones all, you know, basically is the end of it all, right? Like there was a, a person he was really in love with 
care deeply about. And his brothers are like, we're going to test you. Here's a device in your basement. It'll bring you back to Mars if you can prove that you can like still have the love for other beings, you know, which you once, we know you once had. And for whatever reason, he's just shut it off uh, from his memory. But it is, it is very interesting. I, I would love to know more about the glob uh, dynamic with Magic Man, how that's played out, who their father is or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, the funniest, at the beginning of this episode starts off so funny where the glob brothers drain the, brother. the juice of Magic Man. <laughs> it's just, yeah. It's like, my juice. I, you know, don't you hate it? When someone like drains your juice without consent, I, I just that really grinds in my <laughs> uh, gears. Huh? What, what did you say? What? <laughs> uh, no, I I just thought that was so funny. I was like, <laughs> my juice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was gonna say, man. Before getting, I've got so many deep thoughts. Well, you just have to get back to the beauty of this episode as a core. Is that like Magic Man says so many hilarious things, and I think this is such genius writing of. He's saying normal things, but they're just slightly off enough to not be normal. Uh, yeah, like when he like, like turning the deer into the the scientific the, the yeah, telescope the and just going, telescope "You're welcome," and then going, "You're welcome." <laughs> and he's just like, Finn's like, "What does he say?" Finn's like, "Have you been living here in this shack for all these years? That's like so decrepit." And he's like, "That is a fact." Yeah. Um. And just like, oh, I'm on. I had like a whole list. And he's like, I wish I could help you, but I won't. <laughs> and I was like, that's that line is hilarious. It's like, because yeah. the line normally is, wish I wish I could help you, but I can't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one's, I wish I could help, help you, but I won't. <laughs> and so, Dream he has, on, honey, you can't catch this. <laughs> yeah. He has these lines that are just on the verge of something that's like a colloquialism or a, so, you know, something that somebody says normally, but he says them just in a way where they're slightly off to where it either makes him sound insane or like he, like again, kind of from Freak City, like he's trying to be a jerk on purpose by he's like joking around by saying normal things, but they're not normal and they're just like meant yeah. to mess with people. Yeah. So and of I, course, thought, I thought his lines from this episode were phenomenal. I, I did too. I, I think Magic Man alone was way funnier. This episode was way more enjoyable as a character. It, it didn't feel like I wasn't feeling cringy whenever yeah. he said anything throughout the whole episode or whenever he used his magic. I mean, the deer at the beginning could have been reminiscent of what he did to the bird in Freak City, but it wasn't, mm-hmm. which was nice. But I do feel sorry for the deer. Again, I'm on the side <laughs> of the deer personally, but... Person, person, no, person. It's interesting. I mean, he even throws the rock at Finn and knocks him out. And I'm like, that's like one of the most just straight up brutally violent things we've seen anyone do <laughs> in Adventure Time is knock someone out with a rock, right? But yeah, that whole first scene, I just, I just love it. You even get to see, like, again, Glob is someone I wanted to know so much about for so long. And we finally get to see him. And I'm a little bummed because he's not all powerful. He's not mm-hmm. omnipotent. He's definitely not... Uh, uh, omniscient, right? So he's not all-knowing. There's no way he is because he doesn't recognize that that's not Magic Man and that's Jake. He doesn't recognize um, or doesn't know anything about what's going on with Finn or like, he's just a deity for whatever reason. He's powerful. He can float. He can go through the space. He can create these incredible technologies and they have some sort of a 
utopian super society on Mars, but he's not this all-powerful, all-being, here-everywhere yeah. person or deity that I thought he might end up being. That's, I mean, man, shoot. That's a really good point to bring up. Just across Adventure Time as a whole, and I'm trying to think of the, the characters we've already kind of been introduced to, but um, we will get introduced to the Cosmic Owl and Prismo and the Orgalorg and King of, King Mars, of Mars and Glob and the character, I'm not going to name him, that comes up in the very like season finale. But there's all these very like crazy high level beings. Oh, and death. I mean, death is one of them too. Yeah. Like yeah. death is this like, but it's, they almost put it as nothing's like worshiped as a God or an overarching, all powerful being. No, but they've referenced Glob and they're like, um, there definitely are, I think, some like micro religions in Adventure Time that like worship Glob as like some sort of a higher being. But doesn't Jake even say that Glob um, would judge him when he dies in that one episode? Yeah, Glob with- tallies up his deeds. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to know if they like, and especially it's hard to know if they just like wrote that in and out. Um, or at that point too, if Jake was a Glob believer and this is the first time again that he just never knew that Glob lived on Mars and he was like, now we're here and Glob's just Magic Man's brother that lives on Mars. Like maybe Jake never knew that before, you know? Yeah, maybe so. I was trying to think of, you know, so he's been banned to Earth for 200 years from Mars for causing turmoil and chaos, right? And they have this utopian super society on Mars and I'm sitting here for whatever reason, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I'm trying to think of other super societies Like, what are other super societies that you know of? And for whatever reason, the only thing that was popping in my head was DC, like, villain societies, like the secret society of supervillains, <laughs> you know, which is so also just another tangent, I guess. We don't tangent, but why, why, what is that with these villains and naming their society of villains, like, society of supervillains, like, this thing, like, we're confessing that we're evil, but we're confessing that we're in the wrong, like... The best villains out there think that they're in the right and they're just mm-hmm. doing justice in their own way. And yet in the DC universe, you have like, what are some other ones? The Brotherhood of Crime, Injustice Society, Legion of Doom. Like, dude, what? Come, I don't know. I, maybe I'm b- beefing with DC this episode. I don't know why. No, but- be, no, be, no that, that's, a, that's a good beef. Like the best villains are not villains. They're like villains and that have... Mine. Yeah, yeah, they're 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 quote unquote societal villains, but they have their manifesto. Which, when you like look into the man, you're like, whoa! Like, I mean, I see why you came to that conclusion. It's still really evil, but you definitely yeah. did not see yourself as the villain. And those are the worst kind of villains, you know. Well, regardless, I I'm very curious about this utopian super society on Mars. Yeah, I have. Can we get to see I a little one, bit of it. I have one theoretically speaking before we get to our break because I have a lot better, better, deeper thoughts um, coming up for the second half of this episode. But my my theory for Mars, okay, I could be totally off. I could be totally wrong, right? But you saw that there was the little symbol for male, that little circle with like the arrow on top. That was on everything. That was on the King of Mars's like pedestal. It was on things outside the city which is just the symbol for man. Um, And the only person we really know from Mars at this point is King of Mars, Glob, and Magic Man. 
all of them are very different. One is a crystal, which I, I would say it looked very crystal dimension-y, like Glob's body. Well, um, again, they do mention and, that the people yeah. that ate the hair, uh, right. that was and, the water that was turned into hair and lost there their is hair. A, now there is a, a future episode where their heads are actually just floating around. So like okay. their sentience is not necessarily in their body. Um, but the way that they're dressed. Anyways, yeah. Uh, and then there's Magic Man. So I had I kind of had a theory that this utopian super society, no idea how, when, who would have founded it, but they would have created a society, society where the beginning of it, they created one of every type of man. Like one carpenter, one blacksmith, one magic man, one Abe Lincoln man, one George Washington man, one riverboat man, one mountain man. There was one of every type of man. And that was maybe how they started the society off. It's like society has one of every type of man to be that type of man. That's how our functioning society works. I don't, I don't know. It's maybe a theory. That's your theory, but, yeah. But that's well, why magic see... man is the only magic man on Mars. You know, We do see a lot of Martians, though, in the stands, and they're just carbon copies of each other. And that's what makes me be like, is this there were obviously hundreds, if not thousands, of years past the beginning development of this utopian society. Um, and later you see it actually because King of Mars now is frozen in stone, lost his immortality. The society kind of starts to begin to crumble a little bit. And so it makes me curious of like, is this just like, did they have a utopian society? with all these like types of man, quote unquote. And are they know. in the fall? Did, did they become so bland and so mixture? So what, what you called them like basic ass Martians. Well, here's what I'll, what I'll say to that is kind of like, they have a moment right at the end where Glob mentions, well, Jake's dead. Let's set the scene a little bit. Jake's mm -hmm. dead. Ben is basically going to go to the King of Mars and he calls him the wisest, most honest super being of all time. He's trying to appeal to him. Please do something. This innocent dog just died. There's got to be something you can do. It's your fault, but like, you know, it's really Finn's fault. Um, yeah. But we can really get into was. that in it a really minute. Was. I mean, he caused the wand to yeah, fly out the, of Quab's yeah. hands. But, you know, it is interesting because... Glob says it's the dog, the one you were prophesied to meet. So therefore, they're saying there's this prophecy that was laid out by someone else in the distant past. I don't think they prophesied about that. I think it's just there's a prophecy. So they're hinting at greater super beings that came before that may mm -hmm. or may not still be around. I don't think any of these that we've seen are the end-all, be-all god of, of Ooh. That's, no, yeah, that's no, my, I, my thought on all that. I believe, least. oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that there could have been something where the people of Mars influenced Ooh hundreds, hundreds of years ago. They gave them food. They did something to where the people of Ooh are aware that there is a planet and that there's a glob, um, and they, that glob doesn't come back anymore. That would be, I think that that would be great if, again, if they're going to do more of these like special episodes on HBO, it'd be like, what's the history of why? Glob and why was Glob known in Ooh? Why did people like people like worship Glob? Um, when Glob's again, like exactly what you said, not really yeah. a deity at all. Well, Ned, 
before we get the commercial, I just I kind of just want a yes or no. Are we going to get into the prophecy of the dog at all, or is that just kind of a one-off thing that they said? I I don't have anything on that one personally, okay. but if you've got some like theories or better research I have none. than myself, I was just curious. I don't, I don't I think just so. Wondering. Don't think so. Uh, that is a bummer. So <laughs> that is I, I just was bummer. wondering if Jake Jake was this I don't know like God reincarnate type thing or something. Anyways, <laughs> no, I think yeah, I think we're we're getting that. That's why when we started this episode, you were like. We got a lot to unpack in this episode. <laughs> I'm just so curious. You don't even know. I, know. I mean, who knows? I, you know, to my, has to an my knowledge, no. People correct me if I'm wrong. To my knowledge, I don't think there's much that goes into that on a deeper scale. Yeah. All right. But we'll That's take fine. a break. We'll take That's a breather. Well, yeah, we've long winded first half and we got a long winded second half. So we're going to get in it. Introducing. Tiny Manticore's Little Bottles and Glassware, the premier destination for all your miniature drinking needs. Don't let Tiny Manticore's size fool you. He's got big dreams of providing the best customer service in all of Ooh. And with his extensive, his extensive, his extensive, extensive selection of tiny bottles and glassware, you'll be sipping in style like all the royalty of the Candy Kingdom. But wait, there's more. Not only does Tiny Manticore offer the cutest drinking vessels in all the land, he also provides the top-notch entertainment. Get ready for a one-of-a-kind shopping experience as Tiny Manticore regales you with tales of his past adventures and monologues about his deepest fears. But don't be intimidated by his tiny stature or his creepy monologues. Come on down to Tiny Manticore's little bottles and glassware and see what all the buzz is about. It's an adventure in every sip. Manticore, 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 Manticore. Welcome back. I'm, I'm singing, in case you couldn't tell, Singing a ninja sex party song called Manticore. And oh, they got a song about Manticores. About Manticores. Yeah, they do, man. Okay. I, I don't have many thoughts about Manticores, but I figure since we've already mentioned the Tiny Manticore and our commercial kind of revolves around the Tiny Manticore, that's my lovely for this episode. I know. Seems well, kind of silly, right? I don't no, know. It probably should have been Magic Man. My lovely was Tiny Manticore as well. What? All so, right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's no, talk about metacores. Let's metacore, talk about it. Metacore, So give me, do you, you, I, I know you prep for this podcast so well. You definitely have the lore of manticores. Nope. 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 <laughs> that I don't. Okay. Good. <laughs> I, I, I don't. don't. I don't either, but I assume it is a dragon lion scorpion. Yeah. Right. Or it, it to some iteration with a human face or a lion face, I, you know, it's it's all over the I think place. I looked it into looks it like, a little bit. Yeah, lion body, dragon wings, scorpion tail. But I got so distracted. I, I'm starting to do research on manicores, and the first thing I see on the Wikipedia page is that Ninja Sex Party has a song about manicores, and here's the lore of manicores according to the Ninja Sex Party song. And I'm like, <laughs> I already know this. Uh, I'm just going to talk about Ninja Sex Party for this bit. The Manticore ends up hooking up with the woman that Danny Sexman was trying to get with at the end of, uh, I can't remember what the name of that song is. I didn't prep this. But then, for whatever reason, the Manticore is one of the selections she makes instead of Danny. I think that's off their first <laughs> album. Well, great band. Not my rack, but cool. Uh, Tiny Manticores, they're great. I just, there's something about him, man. I mean, he's he's kind of like self um what, I'm trying to think of the word. Self-motivated? Self-motivated? No, he's 
he's like putting himself down, right? But he's like, I'm I've learned this lesson. Like I'm I'm in my own fuels or whatever. Let's see, hiding from the sincere expressions like a vampire in the nude who hides from the light. Thank you, brave hero. I I was freed from the bottle of jail, but not my new prison is shame. So he's yeah. he's self-aware. He's this little tiny manticore that is kind of a little bit of an ass for a bit. He's like, whatever, I didn't need your pity help. Uh, but his self-reflective moment and just like admitting that he's the, a true coward, like there's something about that that I love. It's, and it, it is really it inspired, funny. Uh, theoretically speaking for me, Ned. Oh, okay. Hit me with it. I, I think that freeing, <laughs> this is going to be way out of left field, freeing the Manticore will have a monumental effect on the future of Ooh as we know it. I believe he will become, or he'll come back later and become some sort of an, an a mentor or a teacher of the Fen. Uh, and this is all based, again, because I did almost no historical background or fictional knowledge or grew some sort of official knowledge of Manticores for this podcast. It's based in nothing. I have no idea. All I know, I know that he, Manticores are typically seen as a brother to the Sphinx. And the Sphinx is very smart. And so maybe the Manticore is very smart and maybe he'll use that to help Finn somehow. I, I don't know. Mm, he comes, you, you are right in the sense that he comes back. He comes back? Okay, um, well, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> in a different capacity, yeah, different capacity, but don't... He drains take, someone's juice? Take that person, well, take that personality he has now yeah. and kind of like... They actually don't change his personality too much. So, oh, interesting. Um, take, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a good one. That's I literally again. That's why I actually went back to season eight today and and watched that episode. Tiny Manticore's back in season eight. So, like, oh, uh, I think he is back like at least once or twice, even before that. Honestly, well, I have no real reason why he is my lovely, other than I thought the ending was funny. And, I thought, yeah, no, it's yeah. It, it's a love like it's funny that Magic Man is so batshit crazy that he has this abandoned house with nothing in it except a tiny manticore in a bottle. Who knows how long he's been there? If if, if Magic Man's been there for two hundred years, so that's kind well, of crazy he also to think has, about. There's also black mold and boogers, a pile of boogers that the Ice King would absolutely love. Yeah, that's again. There, it's kind of that question: Are they going to be? Is the Ice King going to be best friends with Magic Man, or are they going to like murder each other the second they hang out? Because it's like the whole like: Are they so similar that they become best friends? Or so similar that they kill each other? If I, that's kind of like me. If I met somebody that was just like me, I'd probably be pissed off by them. I don't know. I've thought about that recently. I don't I know if I'd Ice be friends King with would, myself. The Ice King would want to befriend magic man but i think magic man's too much of a jerk to accept his friendship and also he hasn't quite tapped into that feeling of desire for friendship yeah well that was so i'm glad you bring that up because that's actually for sure one of my deep thoughts about magic man um there's there's two kind of like theories of thought about why he is the way he is in my opinion um one is being a jerk can keep everyone at arm's length so that you don't get close enough to anybody to get hurt again. I feel like you see a lot of that with like bullies and you see a lot of that with um, all those, you know, typical stereotypical movies about like the guys that hook up with girls 
and sleep with them and never get into relationships because they're so scared of getting hurt again. I think that, that there's an aspect of Magic Man that's a jerk because of whatever happened with Margols on Olympic Mo- Olympic Mons that he's a jerk to keep everyone at arm's distance. He never wants to be close to anyone again. Um, and then the other, the, it's this flip side of the same coin is a disassociation complex that he's so mentally ill that uh, something, again, the stuff with Margols on Olympus Mons effed him up so bad that he purposefully disassociates with everything. Um, and you think being that's a jerk, why he he became that jerk and and why he did all yeah. the crimes that they they go through. They go through the plague of shadows, which mm-hmm. is he turns all the shadows to life and they attack the different Martians. Plague of oneness, where he everybody gathered together and sang songs and he attached all of them by their arms and then he turned, as I mentioned earlier, all of the water on Mars to hair. And if you drink it, you might go bald. You will you go think, bald. You think all of that was in relation to him going like this one moment with Margles? Oh yeah. Yeah. And like I said, there's the, my doubt. two okay. theories of thought are 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 similar. Like one, just being a jerk can help push everyone else away again. Magic Man is so upset with Margles that he just is like, I don't want him, I don't even want to be here. I don't want to be on Mars. I'm gonna be a jerk. I'm gonna make everybody hate me. Screw the world. Kind of like that angry post trauma angriness. Did there's a there's that aspect, and then there's like a disassociation aspect where he starts to disassociate from reality. He's so he could be so messed up in the head that he starts not knowing what's real and what's not. And if that were to happen on the extreme, that's why he's a jerk, is that he literally does not see these people as people. He doesn't see he's totally detached himself from his own body. And that's why he's floating around talking nonsense. And that's why he's like, I'm going to, it'd be like, Russell, I'm going to turn your microphone into a hand and it slap you in the face. And like, but that's (laughs) why life is life. Boo. And like, just totally randomize again, because he never wants to face the reality of what actually happened on Olympus Mons, which we will, like I said, we'll get to at some point. So I, I love that dude. I, I, the whole time I'm watching this episode, I'm thinking, Magic Man, I believe, is voiced by Tom Kenny, which is great. I have no idea how he does that. I mean, what an an incredible talent. I feel like Greg Proops would make a heck of a good Magic Man. Greg Proops <laughs> is, for anyone who doesn't know Greg Proops, he was on Whose Line Is It Anyway? Um, but he just has such a very, he has a very weird, iconic kind of voice. And I think he would fit Magic Man perfectly. But if you like Magic Man or don't like Magic Man, this episode did make me think of something that I think we would be remiss not to bring up about Magic Man. Unfortunately, with Mars and the Martians and his brothers being Glob and his good friend being the King of Mars, who is Abraham Lincoln, Magic Man is a great example of how the strong and the powerful don't get treated the same way as everyone else. He... According to them, he made life on Mars a nightmare. He is like the one like most terrible figure in all of Mars history is this one guy, Magic Man. They list his ridiculous, they drew and listed his ridiculous crimes. Uh, wonderful drawing grab, I just want to say. 
Um, on the on the old school projector screen. On the, the 90s projector screen. But his family and his friends are in charge of the society and they will forgive him for all of this by literally just showing the smallest hint of humanity or care towards others. It just, it goes to show like when you're rich, you're powerful, like your punishments are not the same as everybody else's and you're not treated the same as everybody else would be. His yeah, punishments dang, I didn't, are rad. I didn't think about that. Dude, his punishments are awesome. The the two things that could happen by getting touched by the wand of disbursement are total annihilation, which the wand touches you and your soul uh, goes to meet death, which we've already seen. Death is a Zen gardener in the 37th dead world and he's just hanging out and he seems like a rocking guy, can play the heck out of the guitar and other instruments. And then the other thing that could happen is the wand is used to turn your body into living stardust uh, where your consciousness will be jettisoned into the infinite cosmos on an endless journey of wonder and discovery, which even in this episode, Jake is like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, I, that second yeah. one sounds pretty good. Which I I did appreciate that moment where they brought the Jake character consistency back from the episode with Banana Man, where he is very intrigued by the concept of death and what's next in as soon as the King of Mars is like, you can float the infinite cosmos in uh, wonderment and mystery. And he's like, actually, actually, <laughs> I hadn't considered <laughs> that like before, a, but that sounds pretty fucking good. Sounds like an acid trip or, or something yeah. like that. You know, I, mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I have to say there is something slightly in myself that, and I was going to ask you which of the two you would choose in that circumstance. And I think I would, oh. I would, I would choose death because. I would. Do. I don't know. There is a uh, something f- makes me always angsty about kind of the floating out into oblivion for infinity, and maybe oh, that's definitely. maybe that's uh, you can call that the same as anything that that lasts for infinity or though your soul endless lasts journal for infinity, of but. endless journey of wonder and discovery does sound pretty sweet, right? I don't yeah, hate the sound of that, but I, I agree. Hanging out with Jeff seems better to me. Yeah, it's definitely a different dimensional plane, though. I think it's kind of like he can go into a different dimension and stay on the same dimensional plane, aka death, or exceed the third dimension and go to the third or fourth, fifth, sixth dimension, which is what yeah. the kind of stardust astral plane kind of sounds like. Yeah, it sounds like. But Regardless, I I just I think we needed to say that it's kind of ridiculous how this terrible worst being in all of history of this planet is treated just like, hey, you're gone for two years, but like, or for, sorry, for 200 years. 200 but years, yeah. if you happen to find love for someone, anybody, use this device that we've given you to just teleport back to Mars and you'll be forgiven for all of your sins. Like... Hey, crime and punishment in a utopian society might look really different. You never know. Well, I'm just saying the rich and powerful, even here on Earth and in our society, are treated differently than everyday citizens. So not to get too political or whatever about it, but that's just it's just the truth, right? If you've got connections, if your family are related to whoever, or if you're the president, like you you're not going to be arrested, you know, quite as easily as your lawyer or anyways. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't the, know. The, yeah, the president wouldn't be going to to prison for a quarter ounce of weed, you know. 
Yeah, exactly. It just wouldn't happen. So I don't know, man. I, it's a rant, but it's how I feel. So Russell's Russell's been watch, watching a lot of TikTok this week. He's getting them all amped been, up on. I've been all pissed issues. off. I've been all pissed <laughs> off, Ned. I tell you what, they took our jobs. They took our jobs. Oh man, it's um, so funny. I feel you though. I feel you though. It's yeah. The the society on Mars is definitely something that's to be perplexed, perplexed about, and they never really get into it. I think that'd be a, a fantastic kind of lore to get into on like why is that there. Um, we get a lot of answers about ooh, and especially kind of even in this episode, the moment where Finn's flying to Mars, and you can see the big freaking chunk out of the side of the Earth is it solidifies like we kind of know what happened to earth. We know how it got to this point, a lot of answers. We don't have a lot of answers as to what's happening on Mars or why it happened or when it happened, or is that actually Abe Lincoln or is this just a coincidence? (laughs) It is. No, it's, it is Abe Lincoln. There is no, there is no, the gunshot. they, They never have anything in the show that directly ties him to Abe Lincoln, except for the fact that he looks like him. That's it. That's it. Well, we the, don't know. When he trades places, like when death is like... There's like a... What, what, yeah, there's a gunshot, which is obviously a reference to how Abraham Lincoln died, Yeah, which was a, a good catch for both of us to, to have kind of, I don't know, caught that one on the transition into back into Mars from death. But the the tops, for me, kind of is that exchange, is that... It's death and it's the king of Mars and death is like, dude, I'm not falling for the penny this time. Like you did that last time. Like you're going to need something more than that. And then Abraham Lincoln sacrifices his soul for this dog and you get to see Glob and all of them at the end of that exchange kind of go at what cost? Like what did we just lose in exchange for this dog's life once again, which I thought was so fascinating. But and it's it's good, man. That that whole little segment is is really uh, just it's all the tops, honestly. That that all of everything that happened on Mars is is God, some of my favorite. Oh, I'm if that's your favorite of this episode, because I mean, I trust me, I love that that this part of this episode. But man, once we start getting into some Prismo shit, like oh, okay, you're oh you're gonna love you're like that's good. You're gonna get way into this show because that cool. kind of exchange, like these like these multi dimensional creatures that are reoccurring cosmic owl prismo death the lich the orgalorg that's that's where like the a lot of the concepts come in where you're like oh this is a really cool reoccurring yeah. universe with all these like cool powerful beings that come up time and time again that's great well it's interesting you know you have abraham lincoln again a dt of some sort or sorry the, the king of mars not that he's actually Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> who also does not know that this is not the uh, Martian they think it is. It's, it's actually Jake. It's not Magic Man. He is also unaware. So there's a limit to his ability as well, even though he is mm-hmm. this wonderful, wise creature that Finn described him as. And Jake goes to try and convince him and say, hey, I'm not Magic Man. Like, you have the wrong guy. They don't believe him. And it's not until... Jake is saying, oh, well, you know, my best friend's going to miss me. That they're just like, whoa, you have a, a best friend? Like, yeah, you have somebody that's going to miss you and you'll about. miss them. Yeah. But it's not that they believe that he's not Magic Man. It's just that, oh my gosh, 
like we can forgive you, like we're we're good. And of course, that's when Finn comes in and knocks the wand into uh, uh, Jake's head, yeah, Jake, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Good episode. Good freaking good. episode. Yeah, a great episode. Like I told you, like this is a good turning point in the season where, you know, I saw this one on the docket and like Card Wars is my favorite personally because it's fun. And this is where you start getting into those episodes where you're like, they start piecing together the universe. They start really, I think they laid some good foundation at the beginning of season four. They laid some more deeper, like we've had a lot of, weirdly, a lot of Ice King episodes, weirdly, a lot of LSP episodes. Um, Too many. Too many some LSP fun episodes. ones. And this is where we start to like take the universe and you're like, oh, it's not just the grasslands and the Ice Kingdom. We're getting into like some deeper stuff. So I got even got it pulled up right now. We've got, a uh, hell of a lot more flame princess coming up. We got more lemon grab and some like really, really freaking deep lemon grab stuff. We've got one of the best and if not most important episodes of Adventure Time with Marcy and Ice King. Um, we've got the return of Huntress Princess and Ice King Ooh. in a kind of uh, another fun episode. We've got a, another Brothers episode where Finn and Jake actually have qualms with each other, which we really haven't had, honestly, since season one. No, not really. Um, where they go, like, you know, like, brothers fight. Brothers fight all the time. So, like, where has that been with Finn and Jake? So, we got a good one of those. And then we got a big uh, antagonist return at the end of the season. Oh, no. It could so only be a snail, be one. I have to assume. Uh, yes, you assume correctly. So Snail. It's going to be fun. Well, Russell, what were your lessons for this week? Oh yeah, my lessons. We didn't really talk about it much. There is a moment in this episode where Jake notices they're walking down the train tracks and he goes, did you hear that? Oh, yes. clap, he clapped again. What happened? No, I clapped again because this was my first lesson. Appreciate the silence. Appreciate the silence, man. That was my lesson. He has Drake, that moment where he Drake, goes. Jake appreciates the silence. <laughs> Yeah, I wish, Dude, I wish I Jake be- was Drake. That would be so I great. can't believe we just pulled the same lesson out of like the first 30 seconds of the episode where Jake goes, listen to that. It was totally silent for one second. Isn't that awesome? You just don't get that, man. You don't get that yeah. much. I, and I think I, that's a great lesson. I think that that's just more applicable to just my life every time that kind of have a moment where like literally you can clear your mind and not worry about anything. And I'm And I'm terrible at meditating, so that's probably why as well. But, um, dude, yeah. Yeah, and not feel guilty for not doing something. You're just like, you're just in there. You're realizing Mm -hmm. this is a moment and you're living in the presence instead of like fearing what's ahead of you or regretting what's behind you. You're just vibing. And for whatever reason, and I find this a lot earlier in the morning when people are asleep, you know, and neighbors are asleep or whatever, but the world is calm before the sun fully gets to you know, it's rotation, uh, in our sky. So that, that was my first lesson. My second lesson is that I, I don't know if it's a lesson or a realization that I am finally starting to appreciate what a jerk magic man is. (laughs) (laughs) I, there you go. Appreciate what a jerk I am is the lesson he tried to get you to learn in season one. And maybe you are appreciating it more now. <laughs> I'm starting to appreciate it, certainly. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. My, well, 
to that point, my second lesson was the opposite of that was don't be a dick. It'll get you abandoned by everybody. <laughs> so No, no. If maybe you're, not if you're a jerk and you're a magic man, you get potentially get sent to an awesome earth place with magical creatures for 200 years. And then you can come back if you find love. He learned nothing from that. I don't think he did. <laughs> he learned more from True. having an interaction with Finn in his house where Finn happens to pick up this portrait that he holds onto and doesn't realize why he holds onto it until he sits there for a moment and go, oh yeah, yeah that's I, right. mean, I have this feeling. That's, she did, that, he learned I, more in that moment than he did for 200 years on Earth. I mean, at the end of the day, do you think he like like talked to anybody for 200 years? Do you think he invited anybody to his house in the last 200 years? Like, Probably not. There's probably no, not anybody not, that not hung around him way. enough. Yeah. Well, like, they, like, didn't he have... No, he was just punishing people, right? And turning them into like feet and stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly... I don't think that, that there's anybody that like really hung around Magic Man for a long enough period of time for, that's a, for that kind of interaction to ever even happen. Um, hmm. Well, that leads, to, that leads to my last lesson. Um, man, all of our segues have like poured into like each other's i feel like this episode we've been like on a good flow because that segues into probably a very similar lesson to what we've talked about with ice king in a lot of these episodes is there's always something behind these people that we consider crazy or mad or jerks or whatever you want to call it that is a core reason why the way that they are so like kind of this whole thing we don't even learn that much about, but there is something going on with Margles and Magic Man and family trauma, and that has caused him to be the way he is. And even just learning that fact, not even learning why, not even learning what it is, but that just that there is something in general that has caused him and it was some sort of traumatic experience. Your empathy is there, man. Like it's like. Yeah. So why not if there's anybody in our lives that we're just like, they're a dick. Uh, I don't like them. Um, they don't understand me. They don't, they don't need friends. Like, fuck them. You know, whatever it is. It'd be like, take a moment, realize that there's probably a little moment with them that causes them to be the way that they are and have that be just like that little doorway to empathy. That little, that little like, don't give them credit. Don't let them be a dick. But open that doorway to empathy them i don't know that's that's kind of like great. my magic man lesson this week that's good that's a good magic man lesson that i had uh, there are a couple travelers logs oh let's we'll get to go them. through i i think maybe we're 54 minutes in and to be honest with you i haven't been able to prep for them at all so let's just plan at some point on our episode 100 we'll we'll get into the travelers log segment and we'll just really dive into what people are saying yeah, I think. absolutely. I think I think travelers logs and kind of playing backfill on travelers logs, kind of playing uh, tangent Magoo, playing multiple guest speakers, multiple guest visits from maybe a DJ Cowboy Hat, maybe a yeah. DJ Jackie J, maybe a DJ Alley Cats. We'll have some some people visit. We'll do some travelers logs. We'll tangent. We'll drink champagne. We'll drink wine. Uh, it will be a good one hundred episode. It will be. It will be nothing as heavy as talking about empathetic jerk no. relationships with Magic Man. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have a, a wreck for us from this week? I've got a wreck if you don't. 
Yeah, no, I had I had a good wreck. Um, or if just the other night, I was uh, I was vibing, and we did a, a free trial of PBS Kids, and we just watched some Arthur again, man. And freaking oh, Arthur! Oh yeah. And I'm talking not new age Arthur. I'm talking like season one, season two Arthur shit. That it is it is awesome. It is so. I, there's a reason why I'm like, why did I watch this once a day, every day for the first six years of my life? The show is awesome. That theme song is yeah. rent free in my head all the time. I'm just yeah. like, what a wonderful time. Well, I, I love I, it. You know what's so funny? I grew up knowing that song, singing it every day, and not realizing till my wife interned for Ziggy Marley that that's a damn Ziggy Marley song. No, it's not. What do yes, you mean that is a Ziggy Marley? No, song? that is that is Ziggy Marley singing the Arthur theme song, like straight that's, up. That's great. Is that Whoa. not the best thing you've ever I heard did, in your I life? I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. why this that's why this show's a freaking banger. Now it was uh, sing it back in your head, and now you can hear it. You know? each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I don't What's know if rec? my wreck's as good as that. That's a great wreck. My wreck is um, to go check out. There's a YouTube channel called Baseball Doesn't Exist. Which, if you're a baseball fan, you need to follow up with this YouTube channel. They're really great. Good commentary. You've got my attention. There is a video um, about the World Baseball Classic, which is a tournament that occurs before the professional season. And it's basically like, you know, it's the U.S. versus Japan versus Mm -hmm. this country and that country, Venezuela. You know, it's this awesome tournament that they have. But unfortunately, for the past whatever many years that they've done it. And even though the MLB is pushing it pretty hard, it's preseason, so players don't want to risk injury. A lot of USA pitchers don't go. But in other countries, such as Japan... It's as and, big as it gets. And Mexico, yeah. this is huge. This is like the big event for them. Mm-hmm. And the World Baseball Classic championship game, which was Japan versus America, or USA... I believe was like the most viewed sporting event, definitely the most viewed baseball game, like probably ever. And maybe the biggest sporting event, definitely bigger than the Super Bowl. I mean, like 60 million people or something crazy. Yeah, like because it's because it's global. Yeah. Countries. Yeah. Like Asia is in love with this this game that happens, right? Yeah. And so what was really cool about it was that and watch the video. The video by him is how the baseball classic changed or how the world baseball classic changed baseball. Basically, America, USA, the baseball community, all of a sudden gets really into this game. And you have it a grand slam versus Venezuela got us into the semifinals. Yeah, and I did then, see that. That was pretty lit, honestly. Amazing. And then you had this incredible story of probably the greatest baseball player alive right now. In uh, Japan's, I can't think of his name. Gosh, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, uh, a dude from Japan who plays for the Angels, who's pitching. He also bats. Oh yeah, and he's, it's him. Him and Mike Trout are considered like the two best baseball players, and they're on the, the same right baseball now. team. Yeah. And it came down to the final inning, two outs, and they were facing each other. The Japanese guy was pitching, and Mike Trout was. Uh, was batting and just, I mean, what a, what a, you couldn't write this story any better than that. And so I was just so into it for whatever reason I've gotten into baseball over the past couple of years, but 
go check out how the world baseball classic changed baseball by uh baseball doesn't exist the youtube channel it's a great um yeah great channel Oh, no, no, I like, is I, the dude's name. I like I'm how sorry. how your wreck ended because it was it sounded like it was leading to you were about to just shit all over baseball, which made me nervous for a second. No, not at all, man. I mean, I'm I'm in I'm in it with the Braves and all that stuff. I've been so into it. It's yeah, uh, we, Shohei oh, Otani is the name of yeah the yeah. Japanese player. I mean, he's like one of the best pitchers in the league and one of the best batters in the league. You just can't even match this dude. And they that's and they both that's play never for been one. done. And they both play for one of the worst teams in the league. And who knows how well, that I was happened. saying Shohei Otani is alone <laughs> one of the best pitchers in the league and exactly. one of the best batters in the league. Well, it's it's Mike nuts. Trout's been the like oh yeah, child arguably prodigy. the best player in baseball for the last five to seven years. And he's has played for one of the shittiest teams. Like Yeah, well, I'm I'm full in they play for the same team, the Angels. I am full yeah. in an Otani fan now. I mean, like without a doubt. Not, yeah, I mean, we're, he's we're one of my favorite fans, players. So it's not hard to be an Angels fan for us. No, uh, Otani is Dodgers. one of my favorite players out there right now. Uh, he's so fascinating. That, that same YouTube channel has a whole story about him coming up through the Japanese leagues and then him having to basically like negotiate that if I'm going to play for a Japanese team and not leave and just go to America after high school or whatever, you have to let me pitch and be a, a starting batter like mm-hmm. or be a, a batter that bats for the entire game yeah no, which, well that's for the entire game don't put don't put me ninth and let me let me not well especially because that's the league that still has dhs yeah. so and be a starting yeah. pitcher and no one wanted to let him do that but they had to in order to keep him in japan and then he was like top three for both batting and pitching before he left to come to america i mean nuts anyways y'all thank anyways, you so much anyways, sorry for the it makes me think that rant. our hundredth episode will will have some tangents. We'll have it'll just be it'll be all of our side segments. It'll be tangents, wrecks, guest stars, and travelers' logs, and that'll be our whole hundredth episode. Yeah, probably so, but it, it'll be good. I promise you, it'll be good. Thank you so much for joining us, checking out this episode. It's a good one. If you didn't watch it before this, go go back and rewatch Sons of Mars. You can check us out on Instagram at Neverending Adventure Cast, or sorry, podcast. TikTok at Neverending Adventure Cast, Twitter at NEA underscore podcast. I have been much more active on Twitter. If you're there, give us a follow. Hashtag um, hashtags Ned's not here. Hashtag uh, no Ned or something like that. I, I have to go back and re up that hashtag because it was a good one. Um, email us your thoughts, your opinions. Get on the Traveler's Log for the 100th episode. We'll send out something on Instagram just saying like, hey, if you want to be featured on the 100th episode, write in right now uh, at nea.travelerslog at gmail.com. We're also on YouTube. You can listen to all the episodes there. And hopefully one day I'll do some editing and maybe do a short form episode breakdown kind of from our podcast. That's kind of what I'm, I'm playing with in my head right now if I can figure out GarageBand. Uh but I think there could be something there. Regardless, thank you so much. Check us out every Tuesday, sometimes Wednesday, but but every Tuesday. And, you know, eat my skids, party forever. Eat my skids. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I loved you guys. It's, it's from the episode. <laughs> <laughs>